This, this, this is straight, straight, straight out of Crumpton with your host, Greg Crumpton. Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Straight Out of Crumpton. I'm Tyler Kern, and I'm joined, as always, by the man himself, Mr. Greg Crumpton. Greg, good to talk to you today. How are you, man? I'm doing well, Tyler. I hope you are. It's uh, it's uh, trucking through another week, and uh, I can't believe that it's already uh, you know midday on the halfway through March, and <laughs> it's like holy crap, we're we're just picking up steam, and uh, hopefully we're picking up steam. The uh, COVID-related uh, mess seems to be on the decline, so I hope that 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 trend continues, so we can keep having good days. No, I'm with you, man. So, how about you? What, what's cooking in Dallas? You know, uh, we're about to start cooking because uh, as spring comes to to an end, it gets quite hot here, and uh, you know, it's about the time we all start roasting in this part of the world, but. Uh, you know, it, it, like you said, with, with hopefully COVID on the decline and maybe in the rearview mirror soon, uh, you know, can, can go to the pool or, you know, spend more time outside, that sort of thing. So I'm looking forward to it as well. I'm looking forward to it as well. Well, me too. And luckily, you know, uh, you have air conditioning in Dallas <laughs> and, um, which is an odd thing to talk about today since we have an, an, an HVAC, uh, I call the boy a guru or the man. I don't mean boy. I mean he's just he's on it. Uh, he's he's on I, it. I'm excited to to introduce him or let let you introduce him and we get have a really cool conversation with uh, with our guest and talk about some skilled trades and all that good stuff. Absolutely. Well, our guest uh, today, like you mentioned, Greg, HVAC technician, um, goes, uh, you know, has the personal brand HVAC Know It All. So we're not just talking to a guru here. We're talking to someone who uh, knows everything there is to know about HVAC. His name is Gary McCready. He is joining us here on the podcast today. Gary, thanks so much for joining us here on Straight Out of Crumpton. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for inviting me, guys. I really appreciate that. And um, HVAC Know It All, uh, I, I am definitely not. Uh, guru, I'm definitely not. I'm just really good at looking up information and um, and then just kind of absorbing it and, and sharing it. So, I mean, that's just kind of what I do is just I just I'm a student and, and I and I, I feel like I always will be till the day I I uh, retire from this trade even beyond that. Right. I just I just like to absorb and learn and I like to pass on that info. But I appreciate the kind words from you guys. Definitely. Well, Gary, I, I wasn't going to say anything, but, uh, you know, Tyler did put, put the pressure on you pretty well to perform at a very high level. <laughs> he so, did, didn't he? Didn't he? <laughs> didn't he? That's, that's, I always tell people, don't introduce me as the HVAC know-it-all. I'm like, say, from HVAC know-it-all. There you go. Because it, <laughs> it, kind of puts, it kind of puts me on the spot to know everything. But anyway, I, I think most people kind of know it's a bit of a sarcastic name anyway, so. Well, the, the people that follow you and, and keep up with what you're doing certainly do because you're you're humble at what you do, and uh, I love the way that you educate uh, the public uh, via social media, uh, your podcast, and what have you. So, well, I, I just wanted to first of all pre- really appreciate you taking time out of your day with us. You know, Gary, we've we've talked off and on for I guess a year plus now, and um, it. it I just, I love what you do because like you, I, I want to continue to be a student of, of the HVAC industry. Um, you know, I, I love learning about what's next. Uh, you know, I, I you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an old guy, 
but I still feel like I like to keep knowledgeable about what's coming, what, what you guys are into now in the field, because I'm not in the field any longer. But damn, I miss those days some days. So yeah, th- thank you for, uh, for keeping the, the torch lit. So, all right, so let's dive in a bit. Um, give, give us like a quick bio of how you, how you got into the industry and all that good stuff. And then take a, a dive into the HVAC Know It All platform and why you're doing that. And, and recently um, you have uh, made an app uh, that uh, you, you're promoting and that I'm a subscriber of and uh, really enjoying it. So without without further talking, I'll, I'll be quiet and let you talk a bit. Yeah, so the, the HVAC thing was uh, something I started right out of high school. And... I didn't know exactly what I was going to be doing with my life. And, and my, my father was always coming home with new ideas and what trade I should try and, and this and that. And, he, and one time he came home with a video of a, of a, a stonemason. Um, it was like a, the old VHS, big, big chunky tape he threw in the, VA, the, the, the VCR. And it was all about stonemasons and how they, how they rebuilt and, and, buildings like how they took took apart buildings that needed like a, a facelift and, and rebuilt them or even from new and i'm like i don't know if i want <laughs> if i want to be lugging a, around stones and stuff like that so uh the sort of the the saga continued with the search for what i do after high school and and my dad got one of the uh the technicians that worked in his plant my dad was a, a maintenance manager for a um a plant at the time and he got the hvac technician to come by the house and talk to me and uh we sat down on the couch and, and had had a few uh had a few words back and forth and he told me what it's all about what what i should expect then I ended up taking a course at a local college that um provided an hvac and refrigeration course so i took that and everything was going really well i enjoyed it i was getting some good grades because i was always good with the the books and stuff and and and, and the sort of the classroom learning but what I wasn't good with was the tools. I, I had never really experienced using tools in, in my life. And I think one of the, the main reasons for that is because we lived in sort of like this townhouse complex where all the maintenance was done for you, like the grass cutting, um, right. the roof, the windows, any maintenance on the home was done by the, the, the complex because you paid a maintenance fee. So I never really got the chance to go out and cut the grass with my dad and fix the lawnmower and and do repairs around the house as such, right? Um, so I, I think that kind of put me back a little bit with the tools. So once I got into the trade, it was really difficult for me to understand and use tools um, the right way, the proper way. And, and that was my real learning curve. But that's how I got into the trade. And, and I, I really enjoyed it. I was something new every day. And I enjoyed the learning and, and the new stuff that I was seeing every day. I didn't learn, I didn't like the the aspect of having like a hard-nosed boss that was always on my case about about this and that. And it actually gave me an upset stomach every morning I would come into work until I actually kind of turned the corner and everything started to stick a little bit. And right. I actually started to gain some confidence. Before that, it was just like, it was like gut-wrenching. It was really, really uh, gut-wrenching to come into work and work with a bunch of knowledgeable techs and just feel like I wasn't doing things right and it's it's a really tough position for an apprentice to be in i think so 
that was that was man that was when i was 18 years old i started school i'm 42 now so there's that's 22 years ago really 22 years i've been in in the trade so fast forward a bunch of years to about five years ago and I, i'm like i really want something for me uh i didn't i've told the story a million times like i didn't want to start my own physical hvac company with a young family i felt i should have done that if i was going to in my mid to late 20s i didn't i should have done it then um so about five years ago, I'm like, I want something for myself, but I want something that's not um, going out and trying to gain business in the beginning, away from the family, um, not eating dinner with, with the family, away on weekends, trying to either get work or be working. So I'm like, I like writing. I like photography. I like making videos. I've always liked that kind of stuff. So let me start this little blog on Facebook. And I'll call it HVAC know-it-all and I'll be really sarcastic as, as F, you know what I mean? <laughs> and just, and just see where it goes. And it just kind of grew from a Facebook page, me writing and taking pictures of my jobs. And it kind of grew into different platforms and website and podcasts and all that. And that's kind of really the, the short, the short and stiff of the, of the story. really. Tyler, this man has his own merchandise. That's what I'm talking about. Oh man. Yeah. We can get you some merch right there, baby. I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna browse. You guys keep chatting. I'm gonna browse. Well, Gary, I, you know th th that's quite a tale. And so my deal, uh, juxtaposing to yours, uh, was I was horrible at book learning, but I grew up with tools, so we were kind of the opposite. But yeah, I think the same thing applies for a young person in their first job because I knew how to use tools fairly properly because I grew up in the industry, but I did not understand the, you know, the technical or the scientific side of it for, you know, a while. Um, so I, I totally get that, you know, nutted up feeling you get before you go in or go on to a job site because it's quite nerve wracking, but it it also lends itself to helping you, you know, you said once you turn the corner, you started getting confidence, you know. It only takes a couple of small victories until you start getting a little confidence. And then you get too much. And then you get knocked mm -hmm. down. And then you get mm -hmm. back up and you gain some more. So it's, it's quite a, uh, I'm, I'm sure you've seen these graphs where it shows like, what people think their business is going to look like. And it's just a straight line at a 45 degree going up. And, and then the truth is it's kind of a jigsaw up at, or a zigzag up and down. You know, that's kind of like the, the compound learning you go through in, in this industry. And I'm sure like any other really, really cool. Thank you for telling us that story. So, um, what do you what are you doing day to day? Are you uh you were you work what looks to me like, you know, just watching what you do. You're working on some really simplistic stuff and then you jump right into the deep end with some really complicated stuff. So it seems like you have a good blend of equipment you're you're looking after and maintaining. Yeah, we do have a good blend. Since I, I started at, at this company, we've uh we've always worked on pretty much everything except for the specialty things like centrifugal chillers and whatnot. But yeah, I, I mean, one day I could be working on a, a fractional horsepower reach in. And then the, the next day I could be working on a 150 ton chiller. Yeah. So I do get a, a real good variety of stuff. And it's not just, it's not just air conditioning, but it's refrigeration 
It's also um, server rooms. It's pharmaceutical. It's rooftop work. It's um, what else? Is it, there's boilers and, 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 and burners and stuff like that. So there's a real variety of, of stuff that I do. And, and that's what I enjoy the most is the variety. Now, I do take care of the same sort of customers uh, mm-hmm. on a sort of yearly basis. I'm just sort of in, into one customer for a bit and then move on to the next customer. But I rotate through the same customers. So, I mean, I do see the same equipment all the time, which sometimes gets repetitive, but at least it's different things here and there. And, and then for me, I always say, if I get a service call to a building I've never been to before, it's like it's like Christmas Day. It's like something new, <laughs> yeah. new, like a new problem I get to try to solve that somebody else hasn't before. Because all my buildings, it's the same equipment. I've been through it a million times. Like, right. like the back of my hand, I can go through a controller and change a set point. Um, because I've just done it so many times. So it's really interesting and cool to tackle somewhere I've never been before. It's, it's just, it's just that sort of, um, feeling you get like when you're driving there, it's just like, yeah, this is new. It's a new challenge. I I can't wait to tackle it. Yeah. I think both of those are good for us too. You know, you, you, you're able to really hone your craft on your repeat stuff, but then, you know, you kind of get that adrenaline buzz when you go somewhere new. So I, I totally get that. Um, so let's talk about recruiting, educating, and you're 42, you know, I'm always thinking like, okay, who are you bringing through to backfill you, you know, like for, for all of us in the industry, that's my question is, um, you know, how are you bringing people into the trade or exposing people? Because we talk about it all the time on here. Uh, we are in a in a labor shortage, uh, will be for some time. But, you know, how do our relationships within the trade, how do our relationships, you know, at home and at, at church and at other places we go to, how can those affect the trade by helping recruit, train, educate, expose, all, all of those words? Um, so I know that, or, or I think anyway, that you're using the HVAC know-it-all platform to help that um, as well. Are, are you doing anything, you know, from a, a visiting high schools or trade schools or any of that uh, on the recruiting front yet? Or tell, tell me about how, how you how do you view the uh, the depths of the people we have? Yeah, so I, I notice it where we have like an older generation that is in been in the trade for a while and maybe retiring within the next 10 to 15 years. And then, then I see this, this gap between that and then a bunch of younger kids coming into the trade now. And, and I think there's a lot of younger kids coming in now because I get messages all the time from people. I am, I just started in the trade. I've been in the trade for a year. I'm thinking about getting into the trade. And I think the high end promotions of the trade over the last three to four years, I think is really sort of pushing that envelope a little bit. Um, so I do see a, a, a young crowd getting in to the trade right now. So I think in, in 10 years from now, you're going to see a lot of 30-somethings, mid-30s in the trade and sort of getting getting back on track. Um, from the standpoint of visiting high schools and trade schools right now, I am I, not because I, I work full-time during the day. So it's really difficult for me right. to do yep. something like that at the moment. But from from the standpoint of of what i do online i think is where 
I try to make the trade look appealing to, to, to the younger generation. So the older generation's been in the trade. They've been in the trade for a long time. They're already in it. They're probably not getting out until they retire. So we don't need to focus on recruiting them or showing them how cool the trade can be. We need to focus on showing the kids how cool the trade can be. And to make it cool for them, we need to show them what's new, what's present, um, what the future holds, um, all the new tools, gadgets, methods. Technology. So we need to show, we, yeah, we need to show them this because like my five-year-old son can pick up my, my phone when I come home from work, put it down, and he's on Google Play downloading video games that he wants to play, and he's five. So, I mean, imagine when he's 25, just building up his knowledge of, of the, the digital world, how he'll be able to um, interact with tools and stuff on a digital level. Yeah. So that, that, is, that is the course that, that we're, we're heading to. And there's a lot of pushback from the older generation on new technology because it's out of their comfort zone and they don't want to step out of their comfort zone to learn something new. So the, the human emotion is to naturally dismiss it because they don't understand it. And I think if that's wrong, because if they want to um, continue to grow the trade, if they care about that, they need to help promote newer methods, newer ways of doing things. And all of the, the things that are sort of coming to light now about, like, for instance, I used to learn a lot of things from, from the old technicians that I used to work with. But I'm learning now that a lot of the a lot of the things they told me weren't true. They weren't right. They were just told they were told that by their um, their mentor or or their trainer. But nowadays we have this data and information stuff to look back on and go, wow, that that was a false teaching that I had. So I mean, we we kind of need to get back on track, and we have the information out there to really go deep and, and find out what's right and what's wrong nowadays. So I, I think we need to focus on on that part in promoting the trade properly to the young kids. Well, I, I think you do a really good job of that um, for, for what my opinion's worth. Cause I, I do, I, I, I agree with a lot of your statements there. Um, you know, not a hundred percent on the older guys, because I do know some of the more seasoned guys who realize, okay, I'm 55 and I've got 10 more years and I can't go the next 10 with what I had the last 10. So it's pretty cool to see that that some of those guys transitioning. But I, I was on a job site last week um, with with some of our uh, team up in Indianapolis and and in uh, West Virginia and um, in Pittsburgh, and um, it was really fun to see a nineteen and a twenty one year old learning a new task that I was training them of how, how we were doing stuff. And, um, so at the end of, in the end of the day, uh, which was three days, three different cities, three different, three different deals. But, um, so we we're all sitting around, uh, talking about what's the best way that we can articulate that the job site's complete, that we have the information we need and that you, Mr. Young technician are out of the building safely. Uh, because I don't want to lay awake at night worrying about a youngster that's in the middle of nowhere, West Virginia, that may have gotten injured and he can't get out of the building safely. So we came up with this uh, uh, way of doing it with a, a product called SmartSheet. 
And uh, our mm-hmm. IT uh, CIO, Kevin, came up, uh, showed it to me several months ago. So we quickly, uh, Randolph Davis, our team, made this form. And it hit all the spots, mandatory. You had to fill this out, fill this out. But the way that you, those boys uh, uh, jumped on that was like, holy crap. I mean, a little bit of explanation of why and what we were doing. And it was it was just so easy because it was comfortable with, to them um, as opposed to somebody that may have been more my age, may have been a little bit more hesitant to jump in as deeply uh, because the you know everybody could write it on their work order, but they, being able to enter it in a shared database with everybody just made more sense, and it was really fun to see uh-huh. the younger guys uh, adapt to that really quickly. So I totally get what you're saying. Um, I, I think that everything digital, everything data. Uh, you know, we we talked about XOI. You know, Aaron uh, from XOI, I believe. And, um, you know, that's where everything's headed. So you've got this, you think about how many technicians are out there daily doing stuff and the amount of equipment they see, uh, capture model number, capture serial number, capture the problem and the solution. And pretty soon you can build a pretty robust AI platform because you now have a, a a database that you can tap and learn from. So I, I just love that aspect of it. And um, so anyway, that's my, my, my two cents on the digital revolution. Yeah, I, no, I, I, I agree with you that um, your statement as some of the older generation techs are adapting to the, the new technology. And, and I think it's been a slower pace for them, but I do see a lot of them turning the corner and saying, Hey, um, yeah, I, I checked out my <laughs> my junior tech's uh, digital gauges the other day, and I thought they were awesome. Now I'm getting some. I see a lot of statements like that. So it's it's one of those things where it's the, 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 the they're on the fence a little bit just because the comfort factor is there with, with the stuff they've been using for their whole yeah. career. Well, it you know, I think you, like those Testo instruments that you showcase or, or test or whatever you're doing with them uh, allows people to see that, yeah, we're doing old school refrigeration theory. You know, it's vapor compression, no doubt. But we're able to do it and learn from it a whole lot more quickly of what the system is doing and what the system needs because we have better testing. And um, I think when you can showcase the the tools and talent that are at our disposal now versus, you know, that set of imperial gauges hung around the back window of the van forever um it's just it's just trans transformational i guess is the right word for it but um yeah i really i i really appreciate you taking and i know it takes a lot of time because you and and i think your your people you work for right now must be really proud of what you're doing for the industry and their company because you know you show not only the the technical side of the industry, but you also talk about, you know, just more soft skill stuff to me when, you know, because I think you're taking care of the customer, not just taking care of their equipment. And I think that kind of comes through without you saying it in your, in your work. Yeah. I, I do like to create a relationship with customers. And, and I mean, I, I just, I'm, when I go home, I'm home. 
Like I, I, it's, it's just me and the family and it's mostly taking care of kids. <laughs> right. So like when I'm, when I'm out and dealing with customers, it's like adult interaction and in, in a, in a, have a, adult conversations. And when, when I, I roll up to a customer and, and I pop into their office, it's like, Hey, how's it going? Um, like, what'd you get up to this weekend? And, and just, just little things like that. And it's not because I'm, I'm doing it to, to get more work out of them. It's because I'm actually really interested in, in, in what they're up to just in right. life. Cause, cause I just like to learn about different stuff like that. Like I, I got one customer, he, he goes, he says he goes up North and, um, every weekend and, and he, he cuts wood with his wife. They, they take a log splitter out and they cut wood and he's showing me pictures of it. And it's just the coolest thing to see this stuff because I don't do that. So just little things like that. It just, you create a bit of a bond with the customer. Um, and then when your, your skills shine through as a, as a technician on the technical side, once you gain that, that, and then you, once you, you have this, this sort of bond and rapport with the customer, the next time a repair comes up, it's like, Hey, like we got to do this and we need to do it now because otherwise this might happen. It's just like, go ahead and do it. We trust you. And at that point, it's whoa, up whoa, to whoa, you whoa, to not take whoa, 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 whoa. I just heard it, Tyler. Yep. <laughs> the, the trust the word. trust word. So yeah. Gary, we, we hear that word so often when we're talking about uh, our relationships because that's everything. And once yeah. you have that moment of that transfer, um, it's like, it, it's like the, you know, the curtains pulled back. You, you can be totally candid, totally honest, and there's no reason, uh, you, you know, it's just a very comfortable thing. And when your customer senses that, they know that you're now taking care of them and not just trying to, you know, swap out a contact or to make two bucks on them. Um, so I, I, we, we, as this podcast, totally get that. And we think that's a huge word. Yeah, it, it definitely is. And, and this is a, this is a funny story, actually. This is how I like to create the bond with the customer. And, and I actually challenge my customers. I, it's, I don't, I'm not the kind of person that's the customer is always right. I'm not that kind of person. I challenge a customer as to what they want and how they interact with me because we have created almost like a friendship. So it was, <laughs> it was about a month ago. We, um, we had to quote some fresh air intake filters on this one rooftop because they had, um, become damaged parts of it, parts of it was getting sucked in. And, um, I quoted it out with the labor to go pick them up, get to the site, change them. And this customer's a bit awkward because you got to sign in, you got to go sign out a card, you got to sign out on the roof, then you got to put them, do the work. Then you have to do paperwork on their end. Uh, and then you have to do paperwork on your end and attach it all together. So like a 15 minute job turns into like a three hour, four hour event sometimes just because of the way the building works. So he called me after the office sent him a quote and he's like, well, how much are the filters each? And then how much is your labor to do this? And I'm like, I'm like, listen, man, <laughs> I'm like, you ever seen that meme where the, the guy's in the restaurant and he's saying to the waiter, well, how much is the chicken compared to the vegetables and how much of the cook's time did it take to cook the chicken and how, and am I paying for the, for the polish on the forks or whatever, how, however the meme went, it was similar to that. And I said, like, this is, this is the quote for the job. I said, when you go to a restaurant, you don't ask the server these questions. I said, you just buy whatever on the menu 
you get it and you pay for it. And that's exactly sort of what we're doing. We're, we have this job, we're quoting it to you. And, and we had not an argument, but a, a, a debate over this, right? And then the next time I saw him, we just kind of laughed about it and it was over. And that's the kind of rapport that I like to build with customers. So I can give some of that pushback when they, when they start to get a little bit too, not cheap, but get too customary with me. You know what I mean? <laughs> if you understand well, what I'm getting at. No, I, I do. And, and you know, I, I've had that same conversation over the years, but what never gets mentioned are things like, you know, automobile insurance, liability insurance, healthcare, yeah. you know, all these things that make up the cost of anything, you know, um, like I, I was telling Tyler earlier, I'm having cabinets put in my garage I'm not out there debating on, okay, use the inch and a quarter screw versus the inch and a half because I want to save a nickel. You know, I bought the package and I'm assuming everything they need is in the package. Now, if I missed it, you know, that's on me. But to your point, you can't dissect every quote. But I think, like you said, having that relationship with your customer and you know, just being able to be candid is, is really good. And that, that's another sign of trust as well. When, when you can have an open debate and conversation without anybody getting pissed off and wanting to, you know, hit you or fire you. So I, I totally get that. But, you know, the, the relationships we have uh, with our customers, with our coworkers, with our, our you know, spouses, that, that all goes into that whole soft skills thing um, of, you know, when you pop into that customer's office and you're talking about, you know, cutting wood over the weekend, you know, if you don't have a, you know, like you could have a crappy morning and if you don't like get yourself in check, and this is what I work with some of our young people on around the country, making sure you're presenting yourself, not just as a technical guy or a lady, but level headed, you know, be be constant. Don't be the hothead. Don't be the quiet guy. And and you know, be consistent. So when you you're in that facility, uh, that guy or or that lady you're working for knows. Okay, here's Gary. I know Gary's disposition, and he's he's a balanced guy. So if he had a crappy morning and the you know got stuck in traffic that's not going to affect how he interacts with me. And that, I think that's important that we help our young folks with, uh, with their relationship building skills early um, so that they can learn by example, as you were saying, you know, learn the right way to do things, not just technically, but even with our interactions. So I think all of that goes right uh, toward having that good rapport. Well, Tyler, you've been like uber quiet. So you're either <laughs> contemplating changing careers and coming to work with us in the HVAC industry, or you've got something <laughs> stellar on the tip of your silver tongue. He's, I think he's, she, he's going shopping at HVACgear.com there. I think that's what he was saying. That's probably, yeah. probably a good thing yep. to do. It's definitely true. I'm getting the camo hat and the uh, vacuum rated uh, shirt. Bam. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We uh we're loading up on uh, HVAC Know It All merch. No, I, so I, I guess I'm curious from from your perspective, Gary, just uh, of the the people that you've talked to on the podcast and um all of the different work that you do. What 
what sorts of things do you see as the future of the HVAC industry? What what, what sorts of trends do you see nowadays? Um, you know, what what kinds of things do you see coming down the pipeline that, that have you excited that, you know, uh, are motivating you these days? Um, well, one of the things that's really cool that, that uh, some some manufacturers are starting to to take on to is this thing called predictive maintenance where we have preventative maintenance right where we go check equipment and stuff um, but a lot of manufacturers are getting on board with predictive maintenance now i think sensi predict um, is one of those tools where it kind of helps you predict maintenance where you set it up on on your system at home and, and it might be able to tell you that hey the power factor on your motor is starting to drift maybe the capacitor is bad so maybe a technician should come out and, and, and change it. Um, Armstrong, the manufacturer of pumps, they have uh, on their newer pumps, they got like vibration sort of uh, vibration sensors and it trends it from day one. So it will tell you, hey, the vibration is out of whack on this pump. Maybe you need to come check it and maybe bring this, this part or that part, knowing what parts to bring when there is a vibration, you bring them to site and fix it there. So you don't, like if, if that sort of notification comes in on like a like a Sunday at like dinner time, you, we don't need to respond to that call. It's just telling you, hey, the vibration is starting to rise, but you can go there and deal with it the next day on a Monday or Monday morning, fix it up. So maybe in a month from now, when the vibration is totally out of whack and it happens at midnight on Saturday, you don't need to call somebody there. So there's a lot of there's a lot of predictive maintenance things that are starting to happen that I think is going to be. Uh, super cool for the industry to stay on top of things um, and really help their customer out in that sort of way. Well said, Gary. Um, I, I'm actually working with the company. Uh, I'll have more info on it later of what we're doing with them uh, with some remote monitoring for that for that same purpose. So, and in you know what you just described goes back to what we were talking about a while ago about building that big database of information so that you're able to go to your customer and say, hey, your model pump is going to fail somewhere in the third quarter of this year. Go ahead and let's put some money aside for that in your capital plan. So really, really a cool tool. And I, I really um, just, I, I love the way you think about uh, the future and, and what what you're doing. And I know we're, we're about out of time, but um, I just, there's there's a ton of stuff, Gary, that that I think you bring to the equation for our industry. So maybe we can we can get you back on here, and uh, we'll have round two, and maybe we talk about I, I, maybe we can Tyler invite a uh, a data guy to go along with what we're talking about on the uh, on the predictive analytics side. I think that's an awesome idea. So Gary, thank you for taking time out of your day. I know that you're a busy man. And just really enjoyed the conversation, and I'll let uh, I'll let Tyler take us to the house on this thing. Well, yeah, Gary, thank you again so much for for your time today and for joining us here on the podcast. And uh, we should plug your podcast as well. Where can people find uh, the HVAC Know It All podcast? It is on pretty much every podcast player you can think of. Uh, the major ones are <laughs> Spot, Spotify and Apple. Uh, those are the two major ones that I that I can see from the the, the analytics. But like. Uh, uh, I guess Podbean, Castbox, uh, all all the major ones. It's it's it should be there. I think there's eleven or twelve platforms, and it's all the major ones. So that's that's the HVAC Know It All podcast. If anybody wants to check it out, perfect. Well, go check out the HVAC Know It All podcast. Get more expertise uh, 
from Gary there, and also go check out the website, buy a hat, buy a shirt, uh, and, and support uh, what he has going on there uh, with the HVAC know-it-all uh, there. And Greg, that's going to do it for this episode of the show. Well, it was certainly a good one uh, for me. You know, I know that it's this this isn't about me, but I sure enjoyed that. Um, I just love thinking about what what we can all do to help this thing continue to continue to bring professionalism and, and craftsmanship. Uh, to the forefront that that um, our industry deserves, and and you know the folks that make it tick are all of our relationships. So, Gary, thank you so much. Tyler, great job as always, my friend. Thank you, sir. And uh, we'll be back soon with more episodes of Straight Out of Crumpton. Until then, you can find our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, similar places to where Gary was talking, or you can head to gregcrumpton.com for more episodes and more information. But uh, for Greg Crumpton, I'm Tyler Kern. We'll see you again soon. 